0: You're listening to the Sports Block New York podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy and I am your host. Thank you so much, as always, for listening to the SBNY podcast on Apple Podcasts, Apple, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and on Spotify. Today's episode is an NBA Outsiders edition of the SBNY podcast with my main men, John Lucas Duffy and Frank Villani. We talk things all about the NBA. Uh, including the new ideas the NBA is discussing and kicking around in regards to the midseason tournament, to mixing up uh, the interest for the season and also uh, the 7, 8, 9, 10 seed play in games or wild card games for the playoffs, uh, amongst some other things. And then, my favorite part of today's episode, we come up with a new game that we're playing. It is called the Clickbait Corrections, where we go through the headlines around the NBA and we decide how to correct the headlines to make them right, to make them. The the true, to make them tell the right story. So we do the clickbait corrections. It was one of the most fun I've had uh, on this show in a while, so if you are listening and you like the NBA, you like the idea of some clickbait corrections, you wait for the end of this podcast after uh, our first main portion there, because you will enjoy it. But anyways, John Lucas Duffy and Frank Villani joining me in just a moment. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on iTunes. I have a podcast app. Uh, my name is Peter Kennedy. You can find me on Twitter at pkennedy with two y's on the end or at sportblog, NYC. That's what it's all about, baby. It's the Sports Blog New York podcast right here, right now. Sit back, relax. NBA content coming your way. It's time. Stay tuned. here we go sports blog New York podcast my name is Peter Kennedy joined with my NBA Outsider co-host John Lucas Duffy and Frank Villani JLD Duffy what's good brother
1: what it do baby
0: that's it Frank Villani over there how we doing bro I'm doing good. It's good to be back,
2: my NBA brothers.
0: That's what I'm talking about. We actually did one without you last week, Frank. We did miss you. Me and Duffy cranked out a good episode, talked about a lot of things, including the Clippers. Uh, and uh, That was probably the main topic, if they're coming to full force. and Maybe later we'll talk about if there's still things to learn about the Clippers. There's a lot to talk about, but also something that we haven't got to touch on here on the SBNY podcast, the NBA Outsiders edition, is some of the things going on in the NBA in regards to, to simple interest. Now, I know with this podcast, we're highly interested in the NBA at all times, and we obviously talk about uh, it a lot here on, on this program. But around the league and around maybe not Twitter, but around just common chatter and all this stuff, there's not quite as big a buzz around the NBA as there typically is, and there's a lot of reasons um, that could be behind that. So we're going to talk about that and also that the news that came out about the midseason tournament, about a restacking the East and Western Conference, about restructuring the playoffs to make it more suitable to get the best teams in the biggest um, matches in the playoffs. There's a lot of things being discussed in the NBA offices right now, a lot of things being discussed on the blogs, the websites, and Twitter alike, and that's what the NBA Outsiders are here to break it down, to talk to you guys about all these possibilities with the NBA, what we may like, what we may not like, and maybe what we could recommend to make this game we all think Think is great just a little bit better as uh there is some little bit of an identity crisis with the nba right now it's a little crazy it feels like i'm being a little hyperbolic saying it like that but when you hear the first quarter ratings down about 20 percent across the board national and local in the nba it is something to talk about ain't that right duff
1: yeah it's it's kind of strange because I feel like the NBA is is as talked about as it ever was uh I think part of it has to do honestly this NFL season's been a lot of fun with a lot of teams in contention maybe not in New York but a lot of teams in contention around the country um but you know the NBA season never really starts until Christmas for for national uh perception and and attention so I'm not quite ready to hit the panic button yet but it is definitely something worth talking about
0: Absolutely. It's a good point, and kind of how people say with NFL – like, you really find out who the good teams are once you once you hit Thanksgiving, which we obviously just hit. But really, it's like once the weather starts getting cold in the NFL, you start really starting to realize who are the real contenders here and who are some of the phonies from early on in the season. Now, the same situations can be happening in the NBA. Is every team healthy? Is every team locked in? Who's off to a crazy hot shooting start that may not last? There's a lot of things that can be happening here with the NBA. Um, but before we start off our first segment, here quick breakdown of the pod we're also going to play a very fun game at the end uh of the podcast here where we're going to fix the headlines around the nba because who knows maybe some of the problem is the hyperbolic headlines you see on the espn.coms the ringer.coms the SP Nations of the world all these different websites that you go on to see your nba news and and hot takes and good articles and all that stuff uh maybe they're they're uh, getting a little bit cold, a little bit stale with how they talk about the NBA because there's more podcasts, there's more content, there's more games that are available to be watched than ever, and yet the statistics say uh, the games are being consumed less than they were a year ago, and there's a bunch of reasons for that. So Duff, why don't you start us off, and let's start off in the middle of the season as we approach that before we get to the whole playoff situation. Break down some of the discussions that are going on in the NBA right now in regards to how they can spice up the regular season by incentivizing some of these teams and giving them something to play for smack in the middle.
1: So basically, what the league and you know other pundits, reporters, whatever, have been kicking around is a midseason tournament for the NBA, just basically to kickstart the season and give it a jolt in the middle. Um, I know usually around uh, New Year's, a little after New Year's, there's kind of like this this hazy period for me in the, like, you know, January up until uh, like mid-January to mid-February until the All-Star break hits where I, I'm not really paying as close attention to the NBA because I get a little burnt out, honestly. Uh, what When the season starts, when it ends, I'm basically watching one game a night on average. So a mid-season tournament has been proposed. It's it, it, it would basically be set up as, uh, and I don't have all the specifics and neither does anyone else at this point. So a single elimination tournament, all 30 teams participate and to win a prize of no, one's really sure yet. It could be, you know, an extra first round draft pick cap space, you know, money for teams. And then for players, you know, we, we it hasn't really been decided. It's easier to incentivize for teams as opposed to players because you can compensate them in a lot of different ways. Players only get compensated one way for for their talents, and that's money. Whereas organizations, they try to stockpile, you know, young players, draft pieces, um, cap space, uh, you know, whatever. So there's a lot of ways for for them to compensate. The teams, but not the players, and that's the real question, especially in the load management era that we we seem to be in now. So,
0: well, you forgot one thing on the player front, and that is sure. clout or legacy, depending on what word you prefer. There, they, sure, sure. They, but
1: at this point, it, you know, it, it's there is no legacy to it,
2: right? They could also do. I know we talked about this pre pod, but I'm sure you'll mention it soon. Is like they're kind of trying to turn this into more of the soccer style that they have going on in Europe. Like they love to do man of the match things over there. And like, you know, obviously like best player of the tournament, defensively, offensively, whatever it be like, you can financially incentivize awards like that potentially, but then you might get like, I don't know, I guess this is a bad way to look at it, but you can get like competition on teams in between, but usually that's a good thing. You know, like if AD and LeBron are trying to outperform each other, that'd probably be a good thing.
1: Yeah, for the Lakers, probably right. Um, But what Frank's alluding to for European soccer, for those who don't know, in the English Premier League, there are—I don't have like exactly the number. I think it's twenty teams, so every team plays each other twice, home and away. So it's thirty-eight games per team, and then whoever has just the best record at the end of that run wins the league. And then you get these different incentives. If you're top four, you get to go to the Champions League. If you're the next two, you get to go to the Europa. Uh, which are different international tournaments that can win you different trophies, different championships. Uh, and we'll actually come back to the Champions League later on with a different uh, idea that the NBA is trying to uh, feel out uh, for the playoffs. But during that season, they, they basically play on the weekends like football, right? But during the middle of the season, they're playing these other tournaments like Champions League, or which is an international cup, or domestically the FA Cup in England, which goes not only through... Um, you know, the Premier League, but it also goes to like the next level below that, which is like championship and then the next tier below that and the next tier below that. I don't even know what they're called. Division two and three, maybe. Um, but base- think of it like uh, baseball, MLB, and then triple A, double A, single A. And that's mm-hmm. how it's broken down. And then all, not all teams, but certain teams can qualify to be in the tournament. Or maybe it is all teams. I know it's a huge pool. Uh, and then they play for the FA Cup, whoever wins that, you know, they get financial incentives, they get a trophy. It's it's another thing for fans to rally behind, you know, you know, if we can't win if we can't win our league, we at least won this trophy and and there was something else to play for. uh, if you just get hot in the in the middle of this in the middle of this tournament. Especially in the NBA, if they do this it'll be single elimination style. Think think of the NCAA tournament. Think about Kemba going through with UConn uh, or, or or NC State winning when Jimmy Valvano was there, like all crazy type of stuff can happen in a single elimination tournament, right? Right. So this would basically replace X amount of regular season games. And so, what do we think of this idea? As as just don't worry about the the incentives for now, but just based on the the idea, the principle of having a, in a middle of the season tournament. What do you guys think, Pete? What do you think?
0: So there are three groups of people who need to be incentivized to care about this it's the players the teams and the fans uh the first one like you just talked about is very simple to incentivize and that's the teams whether it be an extra draft pick um easier playoff berth home court advantage or um like money whatever it is that's the simplest one is to incentivize the teams to get behind this more Uh, ticket sales more merch sales more every sales whatever you want to add to that equation teams are going to be happy with something like this right the players is the tough one I, i know off the bat james harden was asked about it and he basically he dismissed it like right away and he was like, I'm, I'm not in college. Like, what what is this? You know what I mean? So to get players, especially the star players, to buy into this right away is going to be super challenging. The idea of it, though, I do, I do like the idea of it. And I think a lot of people are like me in the sense that you're fighting a very internal struggle with this discussion. Because on one hand... Thinking forward is something you try to do. Thinking forward is something you think is very important. I know for me, those two things are true. But there does come a time where you say, all right, are we doing this just to do it? Or is there some real reason behind this that is going to mean something that is going to become something? I think there's some potential here. And I always, when you talk about the uh, European soccer leagues, I always think like, it's It works for such a big part of the world. Why can't it work here? It's the same reason when there's a tie in football, people freak out for three days, even though there's a tie in uh, s- soccer in Europe. Probably every single night there's multiple games on. So I don't know if the European – Uh, comparison is perfect here but I do think there is some sort of juice and I do think there is something to the NBA being one of the most progressive leagues we have if not the most progressive league we have here in America that there is some juice here the the minute details are obviously going to be very intricate and very tricky I just think what makes me nervous about it is that there won't be enough time given to it I think the first year there's some novelty to whatever they do, the first year's like, oh, this is kind of neat. Like, let's check it out. Is it going to be fun? And then years like two to six, do the players still care? Do the fans still care? Do we all still just look forward to the regular NBA playoffs? Do we discount, you know, if James Harden wins a mid-season tournament uh, finals or whatever it is and still gets bounced in the NBA finals or the NBA conference finals, whatever, are we still going to crap all over him? So, the first year it seems to be a novelty item. Will it continue after that? And will we give respect um, that may be deserved once people kind of are able to separate the midseason from the final tournament? Those are the initial thoughts I have. There's positive, there's negative, there's some traditionalists in me, but there is a part of me that wants to push forward and, and make these new, new age thinking moves in the NBA.
2: To me, it kind of falls in line with what the NBA has been preaching in terms of like, they want to kind of end tanking. If you introduce these tournaments where even if you're seated, you know, poorly or whatever, you're not perceived as one of the better teams in league. If you get hot and you can make a run, you know, like I think it kind of incentivizes that a little bit as well, which I think is a big, and like a, a big objective for the league moving forward. I think they don't like that teams lose on purpose. I, I do think it overall does hurt the product. So I think from that aspect it does offer an interesting solution potentially. But kind of like you said I I don't know. I think the easiest people to incentivize are the fans, you know, like we, we'll take more basketball or, you know, more whatever we can get.
1: More more higher stakes basketball earlier yeah. in the season. Yeah, that's, that that's, that's
2: easy the easy fans. part. The I think the like you said the players thing is harder, but I also think like maybe fans aren't ready for this, but NBA players definitely seem ready for a shorter season in general. So like if this coincides with a shorter season, I could see NBA players potentially getting behind it. You know, that's the only thing I can really see that would maybe push, you know, the players association to be on board with something like this. It has to be huge because this is really, Kind of like you guys are alluding to, like it, especially, you know, this is like a move moving forward. And like in years two to eight, you probably won't see much in terms of like teams turning it around from not tanking anymore, which is like, I don't even know if that's an objective of this thing, but it feels like it to me. Um, so, yeah, I think it's interesting. It's hard to pull off. It shakes the entire landscape of the league, really. Um, and, and I don't know as a fan right now of the league that I think it's necessary, but not all change is necessary. Not all change for the better is necessary. Sometimes, you know, change just happens to be better.
0: It's true. And also uh, I think, Did you mention baseball in in that little rant there? Yeah. When I was just
1: mentioned. yeah. Right. So like the FA cup is basically like, think of it like mlb AAA a AA, single a teams all getting involved I, i'm trying to use the soccer thing my brother's gonna kill me because it's <laughs> like heavy, he's heavy into this stuff he listens to the pot and he's gonna crush me for not getting all these details right but i think i'm i think i'm really close here
0: <laughs> well well with the baseball thing it always makes me think of it when i think about shortening a season because you think about cross sport if you shortened the mlb season so many statistics in the mlb are based off totals right like who hit 50 home runs who hit uh overall 100 RBIs. Oh, you stole over 30 bases, 30 home runs. That's a a very great club to be a part of. In NBA, a lot of it is based off averages. You know, when do you hear a stat like, other than maybe if it's like about LeBron James, who's had 17 seasons with X amount of points, like you don't really hear a lot of totals in the NBA. It's like, oh my God, I don't even know totals. Honestly, Like I, I couldn't even tell you off the top of my head. What's a really good season for mo- like points total? Like what, is, what is off the top of your guys head? Do you even know? I know that if you average 30 points a game, you're freaking awesome. You know, so I don't know if shortening the season would change tradition in basketball like a crazy amount, but changing the only total that matters in basketball is team win total. So does that really change how you you know compare teams in history? Because that becomes a part of it as well. How how do teams compare? Uh, somebody who played a sixty-eight game schedule with a midseason tournament to the '96 Bulls. You know, all these things start coming into play here, and I don't know how I would handle all that to be honest.
1: I think you're spot on with point per game or rebounds per game as, as opposed to total rebounds. Like the only really drastic implications are going to be just like total points at the end of your career. You know, you think True. of Kareem with the most points or whoever with the most rebounds blocks it like Stockton with the most assists, you know, stuff like that. That's, what's really going to change. Um, but in terms of, you know, like if, if someone's, if you average 30 points a game, like you're probably going to do that in a, if you do it through 68, 70 games, you're probably going to do it through eighty-two. Yeah, um, for sure. Something that that that's basically like seventy games, sixty-five games. That's still big enough sample size for me. Um, but let's let's get down into the to the nitty gritty of this part, and then we got to move on to still the other two sections of it uh, of of the schedule changes, possibly um, or format changes rather. So for standings at the end of the season, actually, you know, if, let's answer the big question first. So incentives. So how would you guys incentivize um, teams and also ownership or, or just the overall organization? Right. Because the, the big pushback from the from the owners, uh, sorry, board of governors has been about <laughs> like shortening the season. That means fewer home games, which means less revenue. Right. So that's why the owners have always been against it. And it'll mean like less money for players too. So for, um, because it's that, that their salary cap, you know, the, the player contract money pool is, is based off of basketball related revenue. So all these games, they play the money that they generate from that, that goes into that pool. So it'll mean less money for players, less money for owners. So how do you incentivize first, you know, ownership and the teams, and then the players what do you guys think about that frank you want to go first
2: to me that's like i don't know that's where the idea becomes just an idea because well, there is well
1: what do you think would be the best way to do it just for just for you know argument's sake if you were for it how would you try to just generate interest from both those parties
2: i mean for the players i think the idea i had before was was the only way really? It would have to be something drastic like that, in my opinion, to like, you know shorten the season by. Well, yeah, how, that's a given.
1: So let's just say it goes down to 60. you know somewhere between 70, 65 games. Let's just call it sixty-five games regular season plus however many games you play in this in this tournament. Which I mean, is, there's thirty teams. You think of the NCAA is like there's around a round of thirty-two. So there are already two teams. So like from a uh, formatting, it's going to be a nightmare. But let's just say they if you win the whole thing you got to win 5 games let's say so the the minimum you play is 1 the max is 5
2: and i feel like that's a big point for players nowadays uh, i don't know if you guys saw derek rose quote the other day but he mentioned how if load management was a thing when he was at the bulls that he might still be with the bulls today and i just feel like that goes hand in hand you know with you know, you, you got to scratch it back for them to participate in your game. So that can incentivize players. As for organizations, uh, I think a draft pick would be a good compensation. Um, as to the logistics of where it goes and how it fits, uh, definitely can vary based, you know, based on your opinion. But I think maybe like, you know, the last lottery pick or something in that nature, maybe the last pick of the first round would be something adequate that would get organizations on board to do it. Um, but besides that, yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think?
1: So for, for me, for the organizations, I think the last pick of the the lottery, that draft pick, I think would be, would be great. If you say have a, um, the Rockets or the Clippers, you know, the like a team, you know, is going to make the playoffs, right? You give them the last pick of the lottery or, or you just give them a 1% lottery chance with the ping pong balls and say, here's your 1% lottery. If you don't get it, you're now the 17th pick, right? So in, instead of all the 16 teams that didn't make the playoffs or yeah. Right. 16 team. No, it's 16, right?
0: Yeah. 16 make the playoffs. Yeah. My fault.
1: 16 teams, so they get the 17th pick if they don't win the lottery. So, And, and they keep their original pick, so they get an additional first-round pick that they can still trade or do whatever with. Uh, I think that would be great for organizations. Um, something like a salary cap bump, uh, just a slight one, whether it's like $1 or $2 million, can make a big deal if you're uh, over the tax limit or a repeater tax, things like that. It, it could mean... Uh, a a big incentive financially for organizations and for the players. I think it has to be, has to be monetary. It has to make up for, if they're going to be making less money because they're playing fewer games, it has to be, you know, per game, they have to be incentivized kind of like in in the baseball uh, playoffs. I think I saw something like the Dodgers for the team as like total got like um, $32,000, like, like, bonus uh or something like that or maybe that was per player or I, I forget what it was exactly and then the nationals because they won they got something like three hundred thousand dollars uh mm-hmm. i forget if it was per player total i i i'm just remembering this now i wish i had more details on it but you can do that for the tournament say you know if you win one game you know because everyone gets in so there's no incentive just to get it right so if you win a game every player gets this bonus and then, if you win a second game, you get this bonus, this bonus. And then if you win the whole thing, you maybe get something like ten million dollars, twenty million dollars, to just split amongst the players, however they decide. Um, that that would be something for that would definitely get people's attention, especially oh. like role players. I don't know about you know the LeBron Jameses and Steph Curry's and the Giannises. You know, we'll see because they're already making max money, right? So.
0: Well- Oh, I got something. Could, oh, go on. Yeah, you
1: got something. I'm no, co- go ahead. That's pretty much it. I'm for
0: me. I'm cooking. I'm cooking up two things here. You want the really crazy one first, or the kind of crazy one first?
1: Give me the kind of crazy. All
0: right, the kind of crazy one first is that there's two separate tournaments. There's one for the top two or top three seeds in the conference each, so it's like the best of the best uh, clash off, and they're obviously you know they're rewards are going to be higher or their chances to get better picks are going to be higher so you have like the rest of the league in the tournament where like you know the 16 or the 15 seed in each um, conference can have a chance to do something special in the middle of the season but also the best three seeds uh, in the conference at the moment can lock up home court advantage or they can get this much more rewards dollars or they can You know, something that could help them moving forward to the NBA playoffs, Uh, maybe that'd
1: be that'd be interesting if you do like top four from West and East, and then just say you know whoever wins this, no matter what seed you end up, you get home court throughout. Yeah, exactly. Like a like like a trade bonus, a trade exception. Yeah, like that would be early season just for load management purposes. Like people are going to be playing. Like we want to be in that top tournament spot. Like. Right. For, so for in October, November, early December, whenever they do this tournament, it'll it'll force teams to be to lock in earlier. That would be really interesting. It can cre- uh, and help from just a regular season standpoint.
0: Maybe create like a little bit of a waiver order on buyout guys, where if you do better in the tournament, you have first dibs at guys who get bought out or are free agents or something like that. Like there, there's some things there. That was my that was my kind of crazy. Actually, I don't even want to call that kind of crazy. I think that one's just a little bit. Uh, a little bit smart honestly i kind of like that one
1: it's intriguing it's intriguing intriguing all right you ready for the oh, well, re- okay.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ready for the really crazy one
2: yeah i live for really crazy all right that.
0: here we go for the midseason one and done tournament you legalize betting for players <laughs> <laughs> so
2: LeBron well, James just putting a billy down, y'all ain't taking me down, bro. For
0: real though. All right. Vegas, it's a whole tournament, the whole mid season tournament's gonna be in Vegas. All right. Maybe it doesn't have to be. <laughs> maybe just the championship oh, so man. they get some more home Mine.
2: games. I don't know. Ma-
1: listening right now. <laughs> okay. the, first,
2: the first year is going to be in AC, so it's.
1: Hold up, hold up, Let me put. Wait. I I usually do the pop one headphone. I'm putting the other one on.
0: All right, go. All right, here we go. So whether the, just the championship games or the the semifinals and championship games in Vegas, something's going to be in Vegas. But for the whole midseason tournament, players and teams alike can wager draft picks on games. Can wager straight cash, homie, on games. Players can put up bills. LeBron James says, "Oh, Vegas guess is putting my odds at plus 250 for the Lakers to win the midseason tournament. I'll take it. Give me a million plus 250. Put it down. How you doing? yo?
2: <laughs> what a, they should just do it to contracts, too, bro. Like, straight up. Like, if we beat you, we're going to give you—say that's say the, the Rockets Get and right. the Lakers. Uh, if we lose, we give you— danny green <laughs> <laughs> yeah. some some stupid shit like that like, like nba street you know or you get like absor- uh, absorb absorb t- a player from the team that you just beat yeah I mean, dude, or team's just
1: wagering salary cap so if you're supposed to actually have like 100 million dollars in salary space and you wager like five to ten million dollars of it and then you win it and then you end up getting a bonus 20 million dollars in salary cap
0: That would be nuts. (laughs) This is such a can of worms. I love it so much. Yo, it's literally pain for for pink slips, bro. The heat, say the heat are mad scared. They're like, all right, we're only going to offer up Udonis Haslam for this game. (laughs) (laughs) Guy hasn't played a minute in six years. Now, honestly, they probably wouldn't even put him up. But, like, (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's, no make it like the expansion draft where you can yes. protect certain players but then here you go now you have to wager certain players the
0: lakers just keep putting up kcp every game and kcp's like yo seriously like what's good with this you, <laughs> you guys are confident right like we're not gonna lose
1: lebron looking at danny green mad as hell when he hits that game winner
0: <laughs> <laughs> yo, i'm trying to get rid of this fool Bro,
2: just lose one of them i'll give you the cash <laughs>
0: yeah i'm just saying bro how crazy on a scale of
2: one to crazy how crazy is that that's that's like a nine that's a, nine out of <laughs> that's crazy. a
1: solid nine.
2: Oh that's god a nine i that's... like that though so that that's my favorite idea I love head that's at. that's the favorite idea of the night right there that's the headliner
1: <laughs> okay <laughs> all right well i think we i think we milked this one for what it's worth, it's, it's a really interesting idea, one that I think all of us and pretty much every fan would be would be uh, in favor of. It's just a matter of getting the teams and the players involved. For the next one, it's it's sort of at the end of the season and would involve uh, seeds 7 through 10 in each the West and the Eastern Conference, respectively. So it would essentially turn into a play-in, a, a four-team play-in tournament and in which the 7 and 8 seed would play each other the winner of that game becomes the seven seed and they're done. And then the nine and the 10 seed play each other for the right to play the loser of the seven, eight game. So let's say, you know, the seven and eight, the seven wins, they're the seven seed, the nine and the 10 play the nine wins. And they play the eight seed to see who gets that last playoff bid. So if you, if you recall, not last season, but the season before on the very last night, uh, it came down to the Nuggets and the Timberwolves. They were tied going into the last game of the season. They were playing for the eighth seed, and it was a game in Minnesota, I believe, in which Jimmy Butler, Carl Towns, and Wiggins were going up against Jokic and company, and the game actually went into overtime, and that was it must was see wild. TV for like any NBA any NBA junkie. And unfortunately, it actually wasn't even on national TV; it was an NBA TV. So kind of wild to think about. But they they call it lightning in a bottle, and I think it really made this idea percolate for the league. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I love this idea. I think at the end of the season, there you know the difference between you know a seven, eight, nine, 10 seed is really not that far off. Especially uh, last year and two seasons ago, obviously, is particularly in the Western Conference, where it's so much deeper, uh, where the eight seed last year had almost fifty wins, the the Clippers had forty eight wins last year as the eight seed. Uh, I'm ridiculously in favor of this idea. What do you what do you guys think?
2: Uh, I am oh. also ridiculously in favor for this. Oh, um, to me, it's very reminiscent of baseball expanding the wild card games. Yes. Um, anytime you can give me a, a win and you're in kind of scenario, like, like you said, um, to, to me, that's like the best sports. It's like, it's like game seven instantly. Yep. And specifically, you know, to the point of competitiveness, cause I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, eight seeds don't win anyway. What are we going to do? Let, you know, a 10 seed in what the fuck are they going to do? Blah, blah, blah. But uh, I know it's not the same as comparing apples to oranges, but the wild card team in baseball is the team that took it all the way this year. So, like, momentum in sports is a factor. I don't know how big it is, you know, comparatively from sport to sport, but I do know that a team can get hot and that necessarily, like, uh, the span of a regular season, although it is a good measure of how good a team it is, it doesn't necessarily – catch everybody apexing towards the end of the season when it matters. So I think that's, it's something that like really b- would boost out of market interest for people like Nash, like nationally, those games would be super popular. Absolutely.
0: I think there are a couple of wins here um, with that idea. So not only does it make somebody who is like an 11, 12 seed type Really push at the end of the season to try to get a chance for those extra games to see maybe their young players in that hostile playoff environment. Uh, also, just have a puncher's chance at uh, a playoff round if you do win your play in games. But it also incentivizes the teams at four through eight to be better, to be the best throughout the regular season so they don't have to play in those play in games. Can you imagine um, last year, like seeing, was it the Spurs as a seven seed? Who took the yep. nu- Who took the Nuggets seven right? Like imagine yep. seeing the Spurs and the Clippers go against the Kings and was it the Lakers with the ten seed last year or was it the yeah. with the, the Timberwolves? Like can you imagine that? Like that would have been like
1: LeBron as the ten seed trying to get into the play if he ends up as like the seven or the eight seed exactly and going up against the Warriors in the first round.
0: Like those things are truly special. Those are moments that you don't just make. Super organically all the time. And this could help do that. And again, like I mentioned before, if you have those now five, six, seven, eight seeds really gunning for the four, five, six, and not the seven, eight, it makes more competitive play in the end of the month where, like, you know, the playoff seeds maybe look like they're. Uh, Figured out, or they look like you're gonna make it no matter what. Who cares, six or five, whatever. You're no, 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 no. You're gunning now to make sure you're not in that playing round. And also, it makes those teams like 10 and 11 and 12 really push to be in it. So I think that's a huge win off the bat. And like you said, Frank, the baseball thing works. It really does. Yeah. I know. I know teams who like. Their home team is in that wild card game. Hate it every single year because if you lose, it feels like you didn't even make the playoffs. But every other market besides the home team is loving the action. Like how many yep. baseball fans who don't watch much national games throughout the year, they just watch the Yankees or they just watch the Mets or their local team, whatever it is, will tune in for that wild card game? Because you, you, you never know what you're going to see in that situation. And I think basketball could benefit from having more situations like that as well.
2: I don't have the numbers on it, but I would caution to guess that the wild card games were as popular as the World Series, if not a little bit more.
0: No, Obviously, it's smaller
2: not, sample size. Definitely not
0: but true, but it's it's probably a, bit, a a much closer margin than like than a D, an ALDS game. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah.
1: Well, th- from we were talking about incentives earlier, right? So for players, this is a easily baked-in incentive in terms of, you know, think about it as playoff games and what I mentioned about the Dodgers and the Nationals. If you play more games, this would be considered a playoff. So if you get in, if you're, you know, an 11, 12, 13 seed. So in the in last year, the Lakers were, as the ten seed, four games ahead of the 12, 13, and 14 seeds in the West. Only four games separated that, right? And, and the Timberwolves were one game back, the Lakers at the eleven seed. So that's four teams right there where in the last two months of the season, they have losing records, but they would be trying their asses off to get in just for, you know, like a bonus and pay. And then as an organization that would count as a playoff game. So it's an, it's an additional uh, game of revenue, potentially, if you make it to the nine seed, which is only two games out of the Lakers. So there's, there are financial incentives already baked into this. And I think anything that gets more teams involved In playoff basketball or more competitive regular season basketball is a great win for any league, especially in the NBA, where we talk about teams trying to tank constantly. Right. So this would help eliminate that as well.
0: And there's another thing to the clout and legacy point that I talked about earlier with the midseason tournament to making the playoffs. Uh, look at a guy like Blake Griffin last year. like He had no chance in hell to win that playoff series, but he went out there and balled out. His team had no chance, but he looked awesome, and he gained his some of his respect back that he may have lost from the injuries and some Clipper woeful playoff runs where people were like, You know what, Blake Griffin? Your team's not that good, but you balled out. You're still one of the best players we got in this league, and you're in the club of— putting putting a team on your back and being a playoff team, even though it's the Eastern conference and et cetera. If you make the playoffs and you're the best players in the league and you're not in the playoffs, like you're not in the club. You have to make the playoffs to be in the club. Think about a guy like Jimmy Butler. You think he'll ever want to be on a team? That's not in the club. That's not in the, uh, the final stretch of the season when it matters most. Like th- this is another thing that matters. And I actually have, um, a thing on ratings to touch on quick before we get to our final, uh, topic here before our fix the headline segment. Um, with ratings, TV ratings, we talked about it with baseball and the wildcard game and the playoffs. Before, we mentioned how, Duff, you said about 20% down is the NBA regular season TV ratings through the first quarter of the season. I hate to be that guy. I really do. But I also kind of like to be that guy. So, double-edged sword, how you doing? Um, people for the past five years have complained and complained and complained. The loud minority of people have complained about the Warriors and the Cavs. We know who the finals is going to be. We know who this is going to be. This is the first year. What were we saying all preseason? This is the year of true parity in the NBA. There are so many different teams, more than ever in the past six, seven, whatever years, that can win the NBA title. It's going to be electric. We don't know who it's going to be. The Lakers, the Clippers, the Sixers, the Bucks, the Nuggets, the Jazz. All these teams have a chance. It's real. It's legit. And ratings are down. And what I've said over the past four years, Duff, is that people don't know what they have until it's gone. And until the Warriors were gone, people didn't realize that we had a measuring stick in the league. Right now, there's no measuring stick. We don't have one team you can put every team up against and say, can this team do it, though? Can this team win it when it counts? Can they do it in the biggest of big games? So I think people were a little bit – they weren't careful enough what they wished for. Because we lost the Warriors and we lost the measuring stick in the NBA. People didn't know exactly what they wanted. And the ratings are proving that without a true juggernaut, without a champion to knock down off its peg, it's not as easy to get up in November and December and root for every single team in the league because you don't know who the true best of the best is. And that's my little soliloquy on the TV ratings because I've been saying it for like five years now.
2: People I love, love to hate, Petey. People love to hate.
1: That's
0: what I'm saying, Frankie. That's what I'm saying.
1: I love everything you just said, and you yeah, couldn't see great. me, but I was fist pumping in my room. I was like, "I love this point because people talk about it all the time. They want parody, parody, parody. But when the like a dominant team is not in the playoffs, is not in the championship, the ratings always go down. And who who always brings up this point, Pete? You know who always brings up this point? Me. Other than you, <laughs> it's one of your guys. It's one of your media guys, Colin Cowherd. Colin Cowherd loves to make this point. I don't. I don't love Cowherd. I think he's great at radio. I don't think he's necessarily great at just like knowing sports all the time. Maybe that's because I take personal offense to all his bad basketball takes. But I really, I, I respect <laughs> the way he like sees things and try to see them differently. Uh, I appreciate that about. Him. But I, I love what you just said about the ratings, and that's such, such a great point that people don't think about. It. One thing I will say, just on the other end of that because I too love to be that guy we're missing a couple players this year in in Steph Curry Kevin Durant and Zion Williamson that would absolutely that would be a really helpful in terms of ratings especially in the couple big markets like the Bay Area San Francisco and uh, in New York where if KD and Kyrie are both playing you know Kyrie's been banged up but if, if they're both playing that's a big big spike I think in this area even if even you know you guys are Knicks fans. You guys always say it's always. Stop! A Knicks don't town. say that. I agree with you. I agree with you. I fully agree with you. This always don't, be a Knicks don't fan. Don't call me that. <laughs> uh, sorry, Frank. Frank is a. He, he was a former Knicks fan. He's in limbo now. He's not saying he's not. He's a Knicks agnostic at this point. Yeah, he's a
2: Knicks agnostic. <laughs> but,
1: there you go. But but Frank, Frank, especially this season. Especially, I was going to
2: say. I was going to hop on watch, right after your point.
1: You yep. would watch way more Nets games this year if they were both in town and and playing
2: yeah no for sure and i i, I definitely
1: those guys do, does does hurt but pete i fully agree with your overall point
2: pete i think it, to your point it kind of it also speaks to what we talked about pre-show i know that you know it's, it's i'll finally talk about it now but duff alluded to it i'm kind of like an nba limbo right now and i've definitely not consumed as much basketball this year as i have in the previous four to five years just because like i have this i identity crisis and usually you know you identify with something you love or you hate and I I just don't have any any team I love right now. Um like I said before the show, my 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 heart is like Teflon for the Knicks. I don't feel anything anymore. I, I don't care. Uh right now I hope you know something organizationally happens or whatever that changes that. But I, I just don't see myself getting really heavy into the Knicks anymore just to be disappointed. And there's just like not another team out there that's super intriguing to me that, like, I just need to watch them on a night to night basis. I thought I had it with the Clippers, but like, honestly, just like. I hate to be this guy too. This is being one of those guys, double edged sword. Like the load management thing, kind of does suck. Watching basketball every night, like I don't, I don't want to watch the Clippers without Kawhi. They're also like, or Paul George.
1: But I think that's that's in terms of just that's the principle of okay. We see the players and the teams not taking these regular. And I think we talked about this uh, last time on the pod, Pete. But it's just players and and teams basically acknowledging that the an individual regular season game here or there. Really it's doesn't not mean that important. much, and then yep. the fans are taking their cue from the players and the teams. So it's, right. it's exactly it's, it's true. It's what the league it's is putting out and there, and we are, we are basically saying, okay, we see you, we hear you, loud and clear. You don't appreciate this, so we won't appreciate this. It's exactly. not a, a good it's, point.
2: And and even even more to your point about missing some of the people, um, if there was a true juggernaut, like I said, there, it's usually something you love or you hate. If there was a juggernaut in the league right now, whether it be the Warriors or, you know, the Clippers putting up a crazy record, even the Celtics, if they continued their, like, crazy torrid pace, like, I I would probably watch to see that team fall every once in a while, but there really isn't any of that. So I think, like, a megastar would be the next thing. Like, if, if Kyrie and KD were were kind of going crazy in Brooklyn I think I'd watch that if if Zion Williamson was breaking out as a rookie in New Orleans I think I'd be watching that
0: yeah and the NBA put so many national TV games uh for the Pelicans this early in this year they kind of did not catch luck uh, luck in a bottle or whatever oh, no.
2: and and so even brutal. that that my, my the last point too uh, that's one of the things like a lot of people have been saying a lot of the haters have been saying I think people would have tuned in to see you know, just Steph Curry and Draymond Green because Clay's been out but right. you know since before the season began i think a lot of people want to and see D'Angelo like what is Russell.
1: yeah we like thought that was going to be a playoff team when we did our over under pot we thought those three would be good enough to get them to play. The and playoffs. even Delo's been hurt. <laughs> yep. Yeah but like so, just
2: in general like, it, to see the, to in, see like, the team they, that that really really relies on Steph Curry's scoring like how does that team do compared to a team that has three guys who can put up 30 in a, in a quarter? Yep. So,
1: yeah, stuff like that, legitimate injuries, you know, Achilles tears, knee surgery, breaking your hand, like all that stuff. It's unavoidable. Like no, no schedule manipulation is going to do anything to really solve that. Probably unless, you know, this whole fewer games thing really is the road to healthier players. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's, you know, so far the, the reports, you know, you hear one thing, load management works, you hear another thing, it doesn't. It really just goes by the player uh everybody's body's different so you know if one player says it helps them you think of Kawhi limping around you you can see it and then you see another player like maybe lebron he's such a freaking answer he doesn't need it right so who knows um but yeah i think you know this this is all part of that load management issue you know getting people interested with a midseason tournament getting people interested with you know fewer tanking teams when it comes to march and april with with uh that nine ten seed, just getting into the wildcard playoffs. Um, I, th- I think that's this is all part of anti tanking, anti load management, and uh, increased effort just from players and organizations and fans to to seek out the games and the content. Uh, yeah. but I so, think that pretty much puts a bow on on those two things unless you guys had anything else to say.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick off PD segment with a with a game with you guys. So. Wait, 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 no, no, real quick. I wanted no, to
1: do the playoff... The reseeding oh, okay. you guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just quickly, just quickly. I'm going to eat that back from you, Frank, real quick. Just cause I think it's interesting. I know you said you didn't like it earlier, Frank, but so another idea that they're the, the league is thinking about is reseeding the playoffs, which I believe they do in the champions league when they make it to the, the final four teams. That's where I was coming back to with soccer, but essentially they would just take the conference finals, whoever the top two teams are, and then reseed them. Uh, based on records, so all f- conferences don't matter. It's not East playing the East and West playing the West. It's just you know the the best record is playing the fourth best record, and then second and third, and that's how they would do it. So for example, last season, that means the conference finals or the se- the, the semifinals would have been the Bucks against the Blazers and the Raptors against the Warriors. So the f- last year's finals would have actually happened in the semifinal. So what do you guys think about that idea? I'll
0: let PD take it. Well, yeah. Wait, have happened? Can you repeat how it would have been last year? Because who made the conference finals? It was the
1: so the seeds, the seeding one, one through four would have been. Bucks is the one seed, Raptors is the two seed, Warriors is the three seed, and Blazers as the four right, seed. Right,
0: right, right, so right. So right.
1: that would be Bucks versus Blazers, and then Raptors versus Warriors.
0: Gotcha. So I think it's hard to look in retrospect, right, because we know what happened. It's all ingrained in our head, right? Like I don't, I, it's, uh, I don't even know if I want to look back at last year to really try to break it down in my head. But so, moving. So
1: this it, this is really just to to break down. Remember uh, what was it? Um, with the Rockets last year, two years ago, yeah. Warriors. Rockets in the, in the conference finals and they were like whoever wins that they're going to win the finals or in 2016 a lot of people were saying they were wrong but a lot of people were saying the Warriors versus the Thunder you know when the when the Warriors came back from the 3-1 deficit with the Klay Thompson shooting the ball like shooting the lights out whoever won that that was really the finals even though it was the conference finals so it you know I think a lot of this stems from just the Western conference being so much stronger than right. the Eastern conference just in our lifetimes so in the past 25 years or so Uh, but, but that's where
0: this seems to
1: be coming from. So what do you think?
0: So here's my first qualm with the situation is that this is all based off of, like you just said, the Western conference being a stronger conference by a good margin than the Eastern conference. Is that going to last forever? Like, is that, is that something that we can count on forever? It's tough to say. Like maybe the owners in the West are just that much better and the West is going to be that much stronger forever. I don't know if that's fair to, to think though. So when the East and West become truly balanced, is this still something we want to explore? And also reseeding teams based off regular season record becomes a little bit tricky when the Western conference plays X amount more Western conference games in the yeah. regular season. So how much easier is it for the Bucks to win 60 than it is for the Rockets to win 56. So those are the, Great point. the two quick qualms that come to mind when I think about this situation. But otherwise I have nothing against the idea of getting the two best, teams into um into the finals into the end the end game if you will. But I don't know if just reseeding the final four does justice there. Is there some sort of balance to the schedule maybe make it more like a football schedule where you play, you know, your division and then a random selection of other uh, yeah, your division x amount of times and then a random selection of other divisions or a certain amount of teams from other conferences, but make it where you on a rolling season-to-season basis, play very similar schedules across the NBA, then I would be pretty cool with the reseeding structure because I have nothing against, like I said, the two best teams seemingly facing off in the finals, whether they be in the same conference or not. But I don't think the way the schedule set up right now uh, creates a perfect system for that.
1: Would you maybe do it off of playoff record instead of... Uh, regular season record, then, yeah. or still no? Because it's you're still, going
0: no. Each it's still no. It's still no. Like, doesn't
1: really solve the problem. The, the Warriors. So basically, p- the only way to make that fair, the reseeding fair, is just to have a more balanced regular season. Have I a more
0: balanced regular season and reseed the whole damn thing, one to sixteen. How about that?
1: That I'm all for. Just abolish 16.
0: the conferences, we're yo. Not there
1: yet. Baby steps, baby Dude, steps. Minnesota, taking, taking
0: Minnesota's is in the Eastern time zone. Is that true?
1: Uh, I think Central. Uh,
0: Detroit, no, I don't know. Detroit. Again,
1: my brother's gonna crush us for this one. He lives <laughs> in South
0: Dakota. <laughs> Detroit is wait. Hold on. So Detroit's like, how far is Detroit from Minneapolis? Geography question. Is Chicago an hour behind? They're an hour behind. Hondo P. Hondo P. They're an hour behind. Yeah, What's that? So is
1: Minnesota on Mountain Time or are they on Central Time? Good question. You know what I'm
0: saying? So like, what is the time zones nowadays? You know, let's abolish the conferences. Who f- screw the farmers? How about that? Daylight saving.
1: <laughs> okay, so we got our stances on the conference uh, receding. Pete, we just had to take a break. Uh, Pete lost his mind for a damn minute. And the um, farmers,
0: dude. And ass fuck them anyway.
1: I think we're everyone <laughs> that doesn't live on a farm is, which is pretty much everyone at this point, is is with you. No no more daylight savings. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Extra let's, sleep let's move ass. on to... The final game we wanted to play, and uh. we have a final game we want to play, and then one award that I'm going to give out at the end of the pod. Ooh, so, I like that, Pete? Why don't you? Uh, why don't you set us up for this game you thought of today?
0: All right. So the game we're playing today. Is a working title. Working title game we're going to play today. Fixing the headlines. I I want it like an alliteration there. I don't know if you guys got anything there, but we're going to read through some headlines here on some various uh, NBA websites, ESPN, The Ringer, SB Nation, or some of the ones I have up today. But any any website is in the running here to get fixed, if you will. If you guys think of a better title, hit me up. Or Duff or Frank, if you got something, let me know. So, does the game make sense? I'm going to read a headline to you, not going to read the whole article, because we're not we're not talking about the whole article. The whole article could be correct. We right. could agree with it. We could think it makes some good points, but sometimes these headlines, man, because so many people in America on Twitter, on Instagram, reading the headlines, just getting all confused and getting all misguided. So, here are the NBA Outsiders. It's to, clickbait.
1: They do it for the, click yeah, exactly I'm so the clickbait.
0: Exactly. am so tired of clickbait. Correction.
2: I'm calling all these out, by the way. You said I might like some of these. Wrong. <laughs> well, Wrong. We, dude,
1: we're, we're gonna Pete Frank let, or uh, Pete. Let's call these the clickbait corrections.
2: Ooh, yes, yes. I love it. There we go. Damn it,
0: Duffy! That was so good. I'm jealous. You came up with it, but we're all team here, so I'm happy about it. All right, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So here's the first one of our first ever inaugural clickbait corrections. First one. How mad should you be that Carmelo Anthony won Player
2: of the Week? Oh, I got this one. Buzz, I'm buzzing. Um, NBA gives award to geriatric fucks. (laughs) 15 less points per game than James Harden this week. Bing, 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 bing.
1: NBA gives award to make a wish adult.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) All right, <laughs> that's really good. Poor Mello, man. Even when he does good, he does something see what happens yeah. is.
2: See, that that's the thing, too. I feel like it invites unnecessary hate to them, that title. It's it's yeah. meant to divide people and make someone say something about Mello. But I think there's definitely one thing we can all agree as basketball fans. That Mello came back, and he surprised everybody. He probably played a little bit better than we thought he was going to these this past but he definitely was not the best player in the western conference this week. It's absurd. Luka Doncic averaged a triple-double on the road. <laughs> 30 point triple double.
0: Uh, you know on the what road, sucks, man. too? And
1: Harden averaged 40 points.
0: Yeah. You know what sucks? Like, did Mello call the NBA and be like, hey, you know, what would be really cool if you made me player of the week? Like, he, I feel like he's getting unwarranted heat, too. Like, everybody's catching heat for this, and like, it's just messed up. Clickbait correction number one in the books for the geriatric fuck, I believe was the direct quote. <laughs> All right. It it, here is the second clickbait correction of the day here. This one's from ESPN. The first one was from SB Nation, by the way. I got I to gotta shout out what place where I'm getting these from. So this headline is from ESPN, and it is, James Harden is the greatest scorer of this NBA era. Duffy, clickbait correction, or is it cool?
1: I think that's correct. I think that's a correct headline.
2: Ooh. Uh, James Harden abuses rules better than other NBA. Oh. Put it in the books.
1: Oh. James, James Harden... Cheats the refs like Derrick Rose cheated the ACT.
2: Oh.
0: <laughs> oh, God, that's good. I also kind of like that. I mean, it's, it's a good one. It's fair. It's by numbers-wise, he is the greatest Statistically, it ever. is accurate. It is an accurate statement. I don't hate that that article title. I do not hate
2: if, it. I just feel like I, I don't want to get into it because it's supposed to be quick and short. But, like, I think there are a few other people in the NBA that hit. Percentage that could score at that, like okay, fully healthy, fully healthy Kevin Durant I think can do it.
0: Facts: If Kevin Durant, they were yes. just like, "Yo, all Kevin, right. go score all the time." He'd be like, "All right, 50. um but he, he don't do that. That's a good point. All right, this next My one. My
1: favorite thing about Kevin Durant is when you see those things on Instagram, and we talk about these all the time. It's you know if player X had player Y's ability, oh, whatever yeah. <laughs> it was, and like half of those things, they'll, they'll play out like a dozen. And, like, half of them are just Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah, it's Literally. Just it's like, like, what if Anthony Davis had Chris Paul's handles? I'm just like, okay, so we just have Kevin Durant, but he's a worse shooter. Got Or,
0: yeah. Right, yeah, no, it's like uh,
1: – That's still not as good as Kevin Durant. The only –
0: the really, <laughs> really funny ones we actually talked about the other day was, like, Joel Embiid with John Wall's speed. It's like imagine this 7'3", 260-pound guy just no. <laughs> running like a 4'2", 40 –
1: or if Jokic <laughs> could jump like Derrick Rose and then it's just like yeah, the oh my god. can if dunk the like Vince Carter, jump,
2: like, the Michelin dunk. man <laughs> drinking a bottle of coke on the sideline and then just like
1: if the Pillsbury dunk. Dome man
2: having a 48 inch vertical at seven foot six. Yeah, that's
0: fair. Steph Curry can rebound like Dennis Rodman. Like, he doesn't have anything else from Dennis Rodman. He can't play defense like Dennis Rodman. He has normal hair, but he gets, like, 20 <laughs> rebounds a game and hits 12 threes a game, but still sucks on defense and gets abused on defense, but he rebounds yeah, like you a know, boss.
1: You know, what, you know what that player is? It's Luka Doncic, who just went for Ooh. 33 and 18th.
0: Whoa, <laughs> wow. Back to Luka. All right, here we go. Here's another... Clickbait correction for you all. And let me just caveat this one. There's something going on as I was looking through all these headlines today. Uh, there's something going on here with the headline game in the NBA. Oh, excuse me. On the online circle there. A lot of people using the question mark crutch. I'm calling it out. The question mark crutch. The clickbait correction calls out the question mark crutch. Say that five times fast. All right. Here's one from the ringer.com. Is it time to start worrying about the jazz question mark?
2: Uh. No, it's just
1: a <laughs> uh, I agree. Just no, you think about the past two seasons, like the ultra slow starts they've gotten off to, and they've dug themselves out of these huge holes. Like they're sitting at 12 and nine, which is way better than they usually do to this yeah, point. Season,
2: and, and Mike Conley hasn't even like really flourished yet. And I think like everybody expected him to fit in there. And we, I personally still do. Maybe some people have given up on it, but like, that's a true system team. You don't just go into those teams and it clicks right away. Like you gotta, yeah. you gotta figure it out first. So, absolutely not.
1: And yeah, and I'm not is- worried about Mike Conley. He's, dude, a, he's a dude who could fit can, in on it.
2: I know we're shouting out, you know, publishers. Can we, can we get the writer on that one? Uh, that is, I believe it's. Let
0: me double check. but I believe that's a Danny Chow vehicle. And uh, let me just tell you. The, oh no, I'm. Um, stick to that's, talking that's,
1: about lottery teams, Danny Chow. That's
0: wrong. Actually, it was a Haley O'Shaughnessy vehicle. I apologize. Haley
1: O'Shaughnessy. Actually, she's a good writer. Actually. She's good. And Whoa. honestly, you look okay, at the article. To do better on that one, Haley.
2: If well, you listen.
0: the thing is, that's what I didn't want to call out the writer because writers don't make headlines. The people who write the stories do not make the headlines. It actually, might have been Danny Chow who made the headline because he's one of the NBA editors for The Ringer. All right. Well, whoever made the I mean, headline.
1: Stick to the fucking lottery teams, NHL. Yeah. Do
0: better. Do so better. So you look at the article and it could clearly say some of the stuff we're saying, but you know, we're trying to make some some uh, clickies, some click click clicks, you know what I'm saying? So maybe yeah. that's why you make the article title that. I don't like the question mark crutch though I'm going to say it right now. I don't like it.
1: Bring back the corner 3. Yeah. Any Chow Sharks and and Kevin O'Connor. I, I don't need to hear Chris Vernon twice a week.
2: <laughs> I, I think I'd be just as inclined to click on that article if it said like why it's too early to give up on the jazz. Ooh. Period. Good one. Why it's
1: not too early to give up on the jazz. It's like, exactly. have a slant. Yeah. Have a something.
2: take. Yeah. And, yeah, it's a good point.
0: I have a, I have a freaking take. And also, let me just say this uh, about the Jazz. They're too damn talented. Like Duff said, they've come back screaming in second halves two seasons in a row. And Mike Conley's used to playing with one of the pick-and-roll savant partners in Marcus Gasol. He hasn't quite found his uh, his niche yet in Utah. They're just going to be fine. Don't don't you worry about well, it. I,
2: I got one more point, too, okay. about the Jazz. As long as uh, my boy from down under has a
1: heartbeat, they're in it. Shooting like 30% from thirty percent from three. That's okay. Shout out Jangles. Okay. He'll
0: be coming back with some forty-four percent sometime soon. Don't don't you worry about he, a
1: thing.
2: Duh, you know what he's doing? He's got Duff. He doesn't have us yet, Pete. But he's got Duff. He's lulling you to sleep. Yeah. And then he's gonna fucking whip it out on you, and you'll be like, oh shit. He's gonna awesome. whip it from down under. Whip it from down under. <laughs> All right. The true, the true Australian great in the NBA. Screw that Philly trash. Let's go. <laughs>
0: Alright, our next clickbait correction goes to not Philly, but Los Angeles. Here it is from ESPN.com. Clippers quote, still learning each other despite hanging 150 on the Wizards. Clickbait correction?
2: Uh, Clippers, clearly better than most teams in the league.
1: I love when, when writers <laughs> try to have a take after a team like they did they win that game? They. You, p-
0: p- 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 did they win they were the game? They scored
1: 150. Yeah. But no, 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 it, 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 that's a reasonable question because the the Wizards have like the best offense in the league or second best, and they actually lost a game this year, and, where they scored 158 points.
0: That's true. That's correct. That's a factual statement. Um, that's
1: a factual statement.
0: Um, see, the thing is, so I just, I
1: was, sorry, they won it. They won, right? But like teams are like, wow, they won, but like they didn't look good doing it. Are we worried? But like that goes to the larger point of just like, how do we generate interest? In, in this game, it's like, what, right. what do you mean? How do you generate interest? There's 150 points scored in a game. Like, what, that's what, fucking interesting.
0: What is there to learn? What can we still learn about them, like about each other? Mm, I don't know. Paul George, maybe figure out where Kawhi is going to be on the floor. It'll happen. It'll happen. They scored 150. It's going to be just fine. All right. Our next clip-bake correction goes to the college ranks. Actually, that's not true. It goes to the NBA draft ranks because this person is not a college person. It comes from SBNation.com. Here is the headline. LaMelo Ball really might be the 2020 NBA Draft's best prospect. Clickbait correction?
1: Like, anyone could be the draft best draft prospect. <laughs> like, Giannis was the best draft prospect, and he went, like, 15th or 17th or something. Like, that's not even saying. That's like, that's like, tomorrow the sky might be blue. It's like, yeah, it might be blue. It might be gray. Like, could be either one. All
2: right. Yeah, I'm tired of all this spineless clickbait shit. Oh, this is the segment for I'd, you. As soon friend. as
1: you said SB Nation, I was like, oh, Lamella Ball. Oh. Like immediately.
0: Wow. Called it out. We're off the top. Uh, yeah, the Lamella Ball stuff is tough because, on one hand, I do really like his game. I like how he plays basketball. Good touch. Great passing. Super duper long, athletic guy as a prospect. I'm all there for it. But there's so. So much um, what's divisiveness. There we go. There's so much divisiveness with the Lamelo Ball story. I had someone in my office today tell me, "Come on, I don't want the balls in New York. Nah, I don't want them on the Knicks." I'm like, "You got to separate Lamelo and Lonzo from Lavar. They are separate entities at this point. L- Lonzo has taught us that it's possible to separate the father from the son, and Lamelo is going to do better at it. That's what big brothers do. They make it easier on younger brothers. Shout out to all three of us who are younger brothers. We we know what that's like. So that doesn't bother me. Lamelo Ball is a really good prospect. I'm not a fan of the divisiveness. Uh, it's possible. It's possible. A uh, slight, slight yeah. clickbait uh, correction on that. Maybe my clickbait correction would be like Lamelo Ball, truly great prospect, no noise or something like that. It's not really a good ring to it, but that's the, the this sentiment I would want to go with there for Lamelo Ball.
1: My clickbait correction would be, Lavar gu- Ball has a gun to my head and it just wants to make sure no one forgets about Lamelo in uh, New Zealand. <laughs>
0: Fair enough. All right, here's the next clickbait correction for you, Frank. I'm going to focus this one on you. It's another uh, question mark crutch, which I'm not too happy about. But SB Nation with the question mark crutch is this version of Andrew Wiggins real? Question mark. Like stupid headline. What do you want? Clickbait correction, Frank. What do you think?
2: Um. is Andrew Wiggins the player he's been for the past 20 games or the past five seasons?
0: Ooh, that's a better question. More information. I like that. Yeah, Definitely. we the
2: big picture, bro.
1: Why are they treating Andrew Wiggins like the way the internet treats birds? The way that people just think it's like the birds are a government conspiracy and they're not actually real? Like, Andrew <laughs> Wiggins is a real person. Okay? He's like 20, He's like 23 or 24 years old. Like were you were you a finished product whoever wrote that were you a finished product when you were 24 years old
0: well this person writes for SB Nation he could be 23 years old
1: exactly like do you, you think this is the peak you're just like I'm just going to grind it out at SB Nation the rest of my life like no people get better when they w- as they age
2: all right short sighted headline i like it short sighted headline all
0: right here's the last one you guys ready for the last one yes I think this one is going, to be, is going to be a contention point on the discussion. I don't know what the headline we shall see, though. Here we go. Ringer.com, clickbait correction, last one of our inaugural clickbait correction segment. Trey Young is making the leap as a player and a leader for the Hawks. Uh,
2: definitely not as a leader. Um, as a player, fuck yeah, though. Uh, how can we correct that? Uh, Trey Young, MVP, most best player.
1: <laughs> I knew that was coming.
2: It <laughs> <laughs> was a layup for me, dog. Come on.
1: My clickbait correction is, hey guys, I know we were excited about this team and they suck now, but I, I still like them. Can we talk about them again? <laughs> That's better at this game. That
0: one's truly honest, though. I like that a lot. That's good.
1: Just, just keep it real. Just keep you Like, you're not going to fool me with this shit. Like, I don't... Like, I want to see... I care about the Hawks to the limit of Trey Young's box score. Like that's what I care about.
0: Yeah. I mean the real uh, title to this article is Trey Young is making the leap as a player, but can he lead? Yep. But can he Um, lead? Question mark. I'll take
2: take this point to solo for about 10 seconds uh, and circle back to player of the week. Even though he's not in the same conference, he averaged uh, 38 points a game the last week and, uh, I guess his storyline wasn't good enough for the NBA, huh? <laughs> hey, another
1: you know what? Would, uh, another thing I would point out about this this uh, headline uh, is, yeah, guys, just keep remembering Trey Young is good, and not that Cam Reddish was the Mavs pick.
0: Oh, <laughs> wow! Shout. Cam Reddish. Oh. who's oh who said it today i saw a great tweet today it was like something about tyler harrow and travis schlank is gonna get fired one day because he picked cam reddish over tyler hero <laughs> oh it's
1: probably.
0: Do, do you know this guy scout with brian you ever heard this no guy?
1: not if he keeps paying these reporters to gas up trey young
0: it's facts yeah well you know about uh this guy scout with brian Brian Osseringer, I don't know his last name actually, but the guy is a former scout in basketball, and he is just on a one-man warpath against analytics Twitter of of NBA analytics Twitter, and it it is quite the the thread to – to send through i might reach out to the guy try to get him on the pot he seems like he knows what he's talking about but he like goes hard hardcore against analytic nerd type people and you know what we like our analytics but we also just talk about game as three guys who watch a lot and talk about a lot and look up stuff and so we're not trying to pretend we're something we're not so i guess he just loves to call out these people who pretend they know so much but they just spew out stats and there was one thread today he was freaking out and he said that quote it was Travis Schlenk will get fired one day for picking Cam Reddish over Tyler Harrow. <laughs> That's good stuff.
2: That's a headline right there. Is, that, is that, was that like an analytics thing? I
0: don't... He he was just saying that the analytics of the the height and the wingspan for Reddish, and he knew Harrow was gonna play because he was a walking bucket, and he just knew, he knew it because he watched him and the stuff. Okay.
2: One of those types of deals, you. you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I just didn't know if like Cam Reddish. I, obviously, something had to be attractive about Cam Reddish. Because he didn't do anything at Duke?
0: Yeah. I mean, he's 6'7", looks beautiful playing the game when there's no one around him. But as soon as there's other people around him, he doesn't look that good.
2: Dude, I will still go back to him doing the double spin layup. That's like <laughs> that's like worse than some of the stuff Swaggy P was pulling. Facts. Actually, not. it's definitely worse than all of the stuff Swaggy P was pulling back in his wizard.
0: Hondo P, a Hundo Hundo P. All right, I think that was good. I Duff, I shout out to you. I will be forever indebted for coming up with the Clickbait Corrections name. Uh, I'm going to put in a patent for it so we can own it and stamp it as uh, what is today, to December 3rd, December 4th. The episode will be released. Clickbait Corrections. If I see that out there on the web on you other fool podcasts, I'm coming for you.
2: I'm coming. I'm too. P. P. Got shooters. That's it. <laughs>
1: It's fade on site if you got a bad headline. Uh, uh, that's good stuff. All so right. the last thing we want to wrap up on is an award we're giving out. Yes. We used to give out Outsider of the Week. Now we are moving on to the Life Comes At You Fast Award. So yes, this, this was – I was inspired by this. I was listening to a basketball podcast, and we're basically talking about how Draymond Green was complaining that other teams – we're being mean to the warriors and that it wasn't very nice. So <laughs> he was, he was like, yeah, we used to beat teams, but we, we kept it on the court. Now, you know, we had other teams down for, for those years and now they want to put us down, but they're coming at us and it's personal, blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, you were like literally the most personal person of all time. Like you got up on stage. after you won the championship. It was like, D- we won. Yup. They didn't. Yup. <laughs> they suck. Yup. And it's like Jesus Christ, bro. Can you just relax? Like you were the not not even like a top three player in your own team. Um, even
2: beyond that, bro, they were they weren't just beating teams. They were him obliterating and- teams in three quarters, and then playing five non NBA. Like that's demoralizing. What do you mean that's not personal? He
1: talks so much shit. But here's the thing, Dre. You were the second best shit talker in your own family. Behind- behind your mom, all right? And if anyone doesn't know, just go check it out on Twitter. Okay? So, so Draymond, I got news for you, bro. Life comes at you fast.
0: Yeah, stuff. Congratulations.
1: So, but this week, this week, we got a, that was, that was like the inaugural. That's, this is the Draymond Green. Life comes at you fast, right? So this is the Draymond Green Memorial. Life comes at you fast, Award, And the winner this week is Kyrie Irving from the Nets. Kyrie Irving, the Nets with Kyrie were four and seven. Kyrie gets injured they they win i think four straight games without him something like that and then now they're they're or no they went 4 and 1 now they're 6 and 3 without Kyrie they're they're up to 10 and 10 and 10 and they are sitting currently as the eighth seed i believe in the east right 8 seed in the east uh 7 7 7 seed ahead of the magic so Kyrie Irving likes to talk shit likes to likes to likes to make everything about him but it's really not about him and i'm just doing it it's just a social experiment like and i was a Kyrie dude but i've just had enough i've had enough kyrie life comes at you fast and you know who's better without you everyone like yep. the nets the celtics, the celtics everyone is better without you so you keep doing your thing posting that shit on instagram about how you know none of this game the game doesn't matter life's more important than this blah 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 like okay we see what you're saying but like don't shame the fans that prop up the league you know and i'm not trying to be that guy like we pay your salary but it's like very strange to me that he's like dedicated his life to this point to this game and then now he's just trying to say oh you know it's not even that important to me that's like how do you feel about the Nets and the Celtics doing better without you? It's like, dude, I'm not even mad. I'm not mad. Why are you mad? I'm not mad.
2: I feel you, Duff. He, it almost seems like the latest argument him and Kevin Durant had with people on Twitter is like, why do you guys care so much? And like my response to that is like, don't you like how much money you make? Question mark Like, you know, like that. Those two things are how much other people that don't play basketball care about what you do. Uh, but totally unrelated. I want to give somebody this award retrospectively, and mine's more sad than yours. Yours are kind of, like, mean. Um, Maybe it's only sad for me, because I used to be uh, this guy's biggest supporter, but hey, Russell Westbrook, life comes at you fast, bro. Um, Being the number one and having north of 40% usage every night is really, really good for your numbers, and definitely offsets some of your you know if uh efficiency deficiencies in, 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 i don't know know how, in, how to say in, that correctly inefficiencies um yeah i guess it would be inefficiency <laughs> your inefficiencies um now you're playing second fiddle and you're clearly you know uh playing the 2 to James Harden's 1 and uh life's come life's coming at you pretty fast bro
0: I would honestly argue that life's come at him very slow. Not going to lie. Very slow. Yeah. It's been a slow burn from his uh, post-Kevin Durant era. Uh, propping him up as an MVP, which he should have never won. Mr. Triple-double. Then it was like, oh, he can't win And he playoffs.
1: averages a triple-double for the next two seasons. He's not even in MVP contention.
0: Not even in contention. His shooting gets worse and worse. Slow and steady, worse and worse. Can't close games like he did. Worse and worse. Still not playing but that I, great of defense. Like worse forgotten. and worse.
1: Like, yeah, at least he was a talking point. Yeah. Now he's kind of forgotten. I agree with you, Frank. Like
0: life comes at you. Well, it, whether it's fast know. or slow, life comes at you.
1: That's
2: right. No big, life. Big, fast, big facts. Big uh, facts. But but I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna elaborate on this for one more second. It, he looks like he's rushing to find a jump shot because he knows he knows and like. One more year, the explosiveness won't be there. And it's it's kind of ugly to watch.
0: It's tough. It is tough to watch with him sometimes, not going to lie. But, yeah. you know, what are you going to do? Life comes at you fast. And Life it's a good segment. Bunch of good segments tonight on the NBA Outsiders podcast, Sports Blog New York. That's good stuff right there, guys. You have a uh, Duff. Any last words? I know the la- Life Comes At You Fast kind of acts as last words, but any last words for the Sports Blog New York podcast?
1: I've been teasing it for a while, but by the end of this season, I, I will get off my Anthony Davis take uh, about why I do not like him anymore and why he is just not a smart person or, or good for a team. If they win the championship, I'm I'm just holding off for them to eliminate from the playoffs because if they win the championship, this take is no longer valid. <laughs> just sit on that. Just, uh, I'm squatting on this take. Okay, I'm just squatting on a take that I haven't even spoken out into the world yet.
0: There you go. Frank, any last words?
2: Um. Nah, we good fam. I love you guys.
0: No doubt, bro. Good to have you. Love you too, Frank. Love you too, Duff. Uh, even though you didn't say it, but I, I'll send it out into the into the airwaves. Uh, love NBA you. Outsiders, Sports Blog New York
2: podcast.
0: Pete Kennedy, I John. Love you Lucas. Listening
2: to this. That's, that's, I mean, I love you listening to this. Oh, I you got. Oh <laughs> wow. <laughs> Shit. Now nah, I'm kidding. Come on
0: alright well anyway Sports Blog New York Podcast uh, NBA Outsiders Edition Pete Kennedy, John Lucas Duffy and Frank Villani here if you like what you've been hearing don't forget to subscribe rate and review the podcast on Sports Blog New York Podcast on Apple Podcast or iTunes hit us up with those five stars and a little rating and review Hit the subscribe button. I don't know what I'm saying right now. Just do all that stuff that people tell you to do when they listen to your podcast. It takes like five seconds and it means a lot to us. We had a lot of fun on this episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed as well. And as you know, we'll be back each week with more NBA takes to spew out and have a lot of fun with it throughout the rest of the season. So hopefully you had a great one. Signing off for John Duffy and Frank Villani, I'm Peter Kennedy. Enjoy your day.